Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. This is part two of what may well be a continuing series. Uh, We recently had a great piece of correspondence from fellow conspiracy realist who asked about the world's most dangerous prisoners, which led to a far-reaching conversation in part one, uh, where we asked for your help, fellow listeners. Uh, and in that episode, we we threw a little bit of a curveball at the very end. We talked about uh, terrorists. We talked about uh, supervillain level folks like, the, like Ted Kaczynski, also called the Unabomber. Uh, we talked about, frankly, the nature of humanity toward the end, but we teased something. We said, how do you define dangerous? 
you know? I mean, I think when, when most people think of something uh, or an individual or criminal as being dangerous, you think of stuff like a serial killer, a terrorist, a serial assaulter, an arsonist, you know, uh, someone with uh, perhaps uh, tremendous mental issues, right? Or perhaps someone who is simply evil. But as it turns out, for the powers that be, authoritarian governments, military regimes, so on, the folks they consider the most dangerous are often not considered a threat due to violent activities, but instead for their revolutionary ideas. Here are the facts. The U.S. Department of State estimates that there are, quote, currently more than a million political prisoners uh, around the world. So what are we talking about when we say political prisoners? Political prisoners. You've heard you've heard the phrase before. You've heard it uh, applied to journalists. You've heard it applied to rival politicians. You've heard you've actually you've heard people in the United States prison system describe themselves as political prisoners. I'm thinking of folks like Mumia Abu Jamal. The international community considers political prisoners to be people who are held without just cause often because they exercised what they consider basic human rights, freedom of expression, peaceful protest, stuff like that. They're not trying to, you know, burn down the capital of their country, but they are trying to protest peacefully in front of it. Maybe they defended the rights of others. Yeah, or maybe they published a whole expose about a multi-billion dollar estate that Putin owns. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. And they may have organized an opposition party. Or like you said, they may have reported on abuse or corruption. They may have been saying some of the things that the people in power would rather the public not know. And for most of us listening today, those things that we named are not a reason to lock somebody up. Right. Or to sentence them to a gulag or or the horrors of the local prison system. But it gets worse. It gets way worse in places like the DPRK, North Korea, they call it here. uh, You can be considered dangerous, not due to your activities, but due to the activities of a family member up to the third generation. You are guilty by association and off to the camps you go. And then places like China, you know, not not to pick on. East Asia here, but uh, in China, your ethnicity may put you under suspicion of the surveillance state, right? You're a little too into the idea of an independent Tibet, right? Or in the case of the Uyghurs in Western China and Xinjiang. Or you may have been a Japanese American during World War II in the Pacific conflict. Right. Again, not a glass house, a glass planet. And People can also be imprisoned for dangerous religious beliefs. We're not just talking about extremist uh, demagogues or, or cult leaders like Charles Manson, who actually, you know, sent folks to kill people. We're talking about people who are just following their own belief system in parts of the world where unapproved religions are seen as threats to national security or stability. I mean, um, recently... In the past, we did an episode on Shen Yun and Falun Gong, and we also did another episode on it uh, quite recently in Ridiculous History. And Falun Gong uh, is a dangerous religion to follow, or dangerous belief system to follow in mainland China. So when you say dangerous, Ben, uh, what are we talking about here? What makes these folks and their ideas such a threat that they would be deemed dangerous? 
It's weird, man. It's kind of a your mileage may vary situation, isn't it? Uh, that you will be seen as a source of potential chaos, right? Uh, one of one of my old professors, who was a Chinese national and then taught at West Point for many years uh, before he went to some other institutions, he uh, he was very clear in saying that uh, that the struggle of the PRC right now the the and the Communist Party of China is to maintain cohesion right to maintain stability and it's something that the middle kingdom has struggled with historically over thousands of years so anything that could be seen as supplanting that or uh, leading to a secessionist activity is clamped down aggressively zealously and again you know uh <laughs> no country is really immune to secessionist activity it's it's funny this statistic doesn't get bandied about too often but you would be surprised to learn maybe if you live in the US that at any given time there's something like 100 to 200 groups that consider themselves secessionists we've got one we had one at least here in uh Stuff they don't want you to know is home state of Georgia calling itself the sovereign state of Georgia. And we talked about on the show, they print their own license plates. They got these little signs on their houses that say, like, you can't enter here if you're an agent of the U.S. This is sovereign territory. And uh, unfortunately, as these groups often learn in a court of law, putting up the sign doesn't help. It's like when people put that post on Facebook that said, hey, by posting this, I'm saying Facebook can't do anything with my data. I don't think that kept Mark Zuckerberg up at night. Mm -mm. Mm. I don't know what keeps that guy up at night. Yeah, maybe the, the future of the metaverse, perhaps. There was a sovereign citizen or a man claiming to be a sovereign citizen who was recently, uh, he just got sentenced. He struck a bunch of people with his vehicle. And he just got sentenced. It was, oh gosh, what's his name? Is it Daryl Brooks? Is that correct? Daryl Brooks. This mm. is news to me, Matt. Just one Hold of those on. parade crasher yeah, guys. It was a, it was a parade yeah. crasher. Yeah. And throughout the entire uh, process of being in trial, he was basically saying, you have no jurisdiction over me for various reasons, kind of gumming up the works of the trial. Um, and he just got sentenced to like a crap ton of years in prison. I think it's like six life sense sentences or something. Oh, I'm just reading about this now. How did I miss this? Daryl Brooks. Christmas parade attack. Yeah, sovereign citizen is something that, that people will bring up. And many people who have used that defense in the U.S. prison system will go on to portray themselves as political prisoners, right? Uh, but in the larger case of... People are considered dangerous because of their ideologies. Uh, these folks are not necessarily hoodlums, ne'er-do-wells. You know, they're, they're not out bombing parades or markets. They're not out hijacking airplanes or assaulting people. From their perspective, they're fighting for what they see as basic human rights, the right to free speech, right? The right to exist as an LGBTQ person, the right to uh, follow a religion, or belief set of their own choosing without being black bagged for it. In some parts of the world, these things are treated as serious crimes. We'll pause for a word from our sponsor and learn more about why these people are considered dangerous. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Here's where it gets crazy. So, like, to your point, Noel, these folks we're going to talk about have one thing in common. Their ideas are the primary reason that they are locked up. They didn't shoot anybody. They didn't rob anybody. They came out and said, hey, I think this politician is corrupt. Or, hey, I feel like we shouldn't stone people to death. Stuff like that. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe we start with one of the first examples from the government of South Sudan. Uh, this guy, Peter Bayar Ajak, is out now, but from 2018 to 2020, this economist and peace activist was locked up due to, you know, frankly, a kangaroo court trial. 
in a notorious Sudanese prison. And as is the case with a lot of these types of folks, uh, a very learned man um, with a degree from Harvard also worked for a time at the World Bank, which is like the Iron Bank of uh, our Westeros. (laughs) I kind of like that comparison. Yeah, that's the World Bank's its own conspiratorial bag of badgers uh so we'll we'll put that to the side for now and and focus on ajak his his activism rubbed the power structure the wrong way so he's in the airport on july 28th 2018 the juba international airport and he is arrested he is literally monopoly style do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars shipped off uh, with no warrant, no, not even a verbal explanation, right? Uh, just get here now. We're taking you. They take him to this place called the Blue House. He doesn't see a judge uh, for quite some time. And when he finally does see a judge, they put him in lockup. And he probably would still be in there if he did not have Western connections, if there weren't various Western powers exerting diplomatic pressure to get him out. He was part of a larger sea change in South Sudan at the time. They said, okay, we were too many people are dissenting, right? They're going against the party line. So the best way for us to do this is either to address these concerns and maybe improve our government, or we just arrest everybody. Well, yeah, or silence the loudest voice for 17 months, you know? Like put Mm -hmm. him in a hole so he can't foment any more you know, anger against the current system. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was released on January 2nd, 2020. But as we'll see in other examples, we don't know what how long that release will last. A lot of, uh, if, if you looked at political prisoners on paper, they would look like they had a lot of recidivism, I, by which we mean going in and out of the prison system. Another one, another example would be Belarus. This is this is a weird one. You know, Belarus is in the news a little bit more in the West now because of its um, connection as a vassal state to Russia. Uh, but for many people, you don't really think about Belarus. You know, it's far, far away from most folks' experience unless they live in the region or have family in the region. Uh, but it is definitely an authoritarian regime run by Alexander Lukashenko, who is the president, technically the president, uh, but functions as, as a dictator. So this is the case of Maria Kalasnikova. Uh, and forgive us, we're not uh, native speakers. Kalasnikova is a political activist fighting the authoritarian regime of Belarus through protest. And she was arrested for a series of mass protests she did in 2020. She organized these. She led them. You may have seen it on the news, actually, because it did make international news. Uh, Last year, she got sentenced to 11 years in prison. Western countries, you know, again, they raised cane about it. But if you look at the Belarusian perspective, you see they don't consider her, you know, like they don't consider her... um, a Bernie Sanders or a a Ron Paul or someone who would be considered on just like a different side of a political spectrum. They think she's a spy, dude. Yeah, essentially working for NATO, right? 
pay, pay, do what we need to do to destroy the current regime or at least the, uh, discredit it enough to where the NATO powers, the Western powers would be able to swoop in with their own appointed people, people they choose to then run the new government. And then they would just be a tool or an arm of NATO. Mm-hmm. And extract the resources, right? Uh, rinse and repeat. Uh, the Which way, isn't you know, that the w- crazy. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it's it. It's not uh, a story that they originally made up. It's happening right now in Latin America. It's happening on the African continent. You know, uh, the the opium wars are another great example in China. The global West has a track record. You know what I mean? Uh, So this is, if you are living in Belarus, uh, you can see how that, that feels like it might have some sand. The problem is that's a very convenient accusation to give someone and to lock them up because there's not a way to falsify that claim, right? Uh, the Western governments that are being accused of this are not going to come out and say, no, dang, guys, you got us. Good game. Good game. Well, we got to have better spies, really. Uh, So we'll we'll see you next year. Um, Keep sending your kids to our Ivy League colleges, right? Uh, Which is how some of that does happen. And the World Bank. And the World Bank, <laughs> the Iron Bank of West of our Westeros. That's a good phrase. So, so yeah, the the West obviously disagrees with this. And something really interesting happened uh, recently. This activist won what's called the Vaclav Havel Human Rights Prize. She won it while she was in prison, and her sister had to accept the award on her behalf. This is a uh, annual award primarily in Europe, it goes beyond European borders, which gives you the equivalent of like 60,000 euros as as the award. And it honors outstanding civil society action in defense of human rights. I mean, hell, we hear about so many political prisoners doing some of their best writing or, or best, most influential work while incarcerated. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, Nelson Mandela, Mm-hmm. was a political prisoner as, as well. Martin and Luther King Jr. World. Right. Martin I mean, Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Dolly um, Parton just won $100 million from Bezos. Stay out of prison, Dolly. We love you. <laughs> Straight. You know what? Dolly's been through a lot. Maybe it's time she cleans up her act. I love this notion <laughs> that she won it, like in a sweepstakes <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> she did. Right. She won this award <laughs> somehow. I also, I also think the timing of that news was very interesting. Right, right before Amazon came under fire and had all these massive problems. Uh, also, I'm just going to say it. It's sort of, I want to be the canary in the conspiracy coal mine here. You're but saying it it's dangerous a, to give Dolly Parton $100 million? Like, what is she going to do with it? She's unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She's actually, I'm not just saying this because I have family in Tennessee and she uh, is holding them hostage. Uh, I am saying that, you know, she does a lot of good work and is an excellent musician, uh, gives kids free books all the time. Uh, there's not much bad you can say about her, but what I'm saying is uh, it's dangerous, in my opinion, uh, for something feels off about Bezos personally giving these awards in a way that, uh, I don't know, it... It paves the way for a private entity supplanting the role of the state. Mm. 
that's that's why and look a lot of private industries have awards right that are quite substantial and i just i don't know something feels off about it but maybe i'm just maybe i'm being uh overly cynical anyway Sorry Dolly to derail, yes. No, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. We're not derailed because uh, we are talking about these these awards, international awards, can be weaponized, right? They're part of diplomacy. They're meant to make a statement. That's why people get the Nobel Peace Prize, even if, you know, there might have been some better candidates. Uh, and, like, it was tremendously controversial when former President Barack Obama got the Nobel Peace Prize. And folks abroad were asking some very serious questions about U.S. adventurism abroad, you know, and interventions, right? What the about these drones, that, bro? Right. What about the drones? Uh, and what about the interventions that don't make the news unless something goes wrong, right? Unless the Black Hawk goes down. So, this, this is weird because one thing that stands out is Kolznikova's sister uh, says this is just one of hundreds of political prisoners who are kept in Belarusian jails in awful conditions under what she called false politically motivated accusations. And just these two, South Sudan and Belarus, they're only two examples of a huge, intensely disturbing trend. Authoritarian regimes have always actively locked up dissidents. That's old beans. Everybody knows about that. But now the pattern is accelerating at a pace that has not been seen since the height of the Cold War. The trend also seems set to continue. Things are going to get hairy as, as the years go on, right? Um, that's not even counting journalists. Right? We mentioned journalists. Woof. The, you know, the next episode of Most Dangerous Jobs may well need to focus on journalists. Who is that poor fellow that got beheaded? Khashoggi. Also, there there was uh, Daniel Pearl, I believe, Wall Street Journal reporter, was beheaded on videotape in Pakistan, and that was uh, that really made a huge international impact because the video was just horrific and was floating out there. Yeah, and he was beheaded by a terrorist group, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but again, what is a terrorist group if not sort of a sub-government in and of itself, right? Like in certain Ooh. countries, you know, um, they're attempting to take over and they're organized like a government, you know, in terms of their, their structure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Ultimately, uh, a lot of terrorist groups want to take on the role of the state just like a lot of big corporations brought it back. Seriously, be aware, you know, uh, ask yourself why it's possible for someone in South Korea to be a born in a Samsung hospital, B have a career where they spend their life working for Samsung and then C die and be buried in a Samsung funeral home. <clears throat> Amazon. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, messages to the void, but uh, journalists are also being targeted increasingly by state-level actors. There are long-standing cases, speculative cases, of journalists being targeted here in the United States, right? Folks like Gary Webb or Danny Casolaro. Uh, but there are absolutely proven cases of journalists being targeted in other countries. Ivan Sofronov uh, was just recently, like this year, this past September, uh, ex-journalist sentenced to 22 years in Russian prison uh, due to charges of treason. And then, you know, there's uh, journalists 
who become faces of political opposition like Navalny, who is some is somehow still alive. You know, uh, this is a larger pattern. There is a conspiracy at play. And uh, we found some numbers to support this. Oh, yeah. We can jump to the Committee to Protect Journalists, who in 2021 found, quote, the number of reporters jailed for their work hit a new global record of 293, which is up from a revised total of 280 in the year 2020. Which doesn't sound like a lot until you consider these people are not being targeted for their ethnicity. They're not being targeted necessarily for their uh, political activism. They're being targeted based on their profession, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's interesting, too. I mean, this is a little bit different, but this case with uh, the WNBA basketball player, Brittany Griner, um, mm-hmm. who was arrested for, you know, what would otherwise uh, likely be a, a minor infraction with like a vape cartridge or something like that of, of, of a THC variety uh, and is now <laughs> incarcerated in a Russian penal colony. And because of this person's stature and profession and the conflicts in Ukraine politically and, and our opposition to that, you could argue this is a political prisoner as well. This is a way for a government to kind of thumb their nose at us a bit. Yeah. And, you know, you you see that, like, I was trying to think of a weird example, just to put this in perspective. The Committee to Protect Journalists exists because journalists get targeted at, at this increasing pace. Uh, what if what if the same thing was happening with plumbers? You know, what if there had to be a com- an, an international nonprofit called the Committee to Protect Plumbers, and they had the statistics on governments uh, governments targeting, imprisoning, and executing or torturing plumbers? You would rightly think that's messed up uh, because plumbers don't seem like they should be dangerous. They're doing needful work in a society, in any society, regardless of. Um, what that society functions as. Unless we're talking about Mario and Luigi and your King Koopa, in which case those are utter terrorists (laughs) to you and they need to be dealt with. So the the reason I'm using the plumber example is apply that then to journalists. I, I wish more folks would admit that journalism is a necessity in civilization, speaking truth to power, right? That is a necessity just as much as you need plumbers, right? And I think that, first off, I think there's no such thing as a useless job at all. And we shouldn't denigrate people for their professions. We also, hey, probably shouldn't kill them because of those, right? Uh, at least in this case. And Well, but there's a reason why, they, why it's called the fourth estate, at least in this country, the, you know, the mm-hmm. press, right? Because you can, you can wield massive power. And you can, you can enact sea change depending on how many eyes and ears you can get on what you're writing as a journalist, right? I mean, it's it's a powerful position to have if you've if you've got enough subscribers or readers or clicks or whatever. Well, also it can be compromised and leveraged. I mean, it's an open secret that. Uh, especially before the advent of the internet, uh, the U.S. state had a heavy thumb. Like to infiltrate. Yeah. There we go. Drop it. (laughs) Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. I want to hear the rest of the verse. Uh, the 24 journalists, at least, were killed as a result of doing their jobs in 2021. 18 others died in circumstances that CPJ called, quote, too murky to determine whether they were specific targets, which is in plain speech, it's them saying, we can't prove this, but we're putting them on this list. And just like that accelerating trend of arresting political activists, this trend of detaining or murdering journalists seems set to escalate. Governments across the world, regardless of what you think of them, are all aware that there is going to be an increasing struggle in the coming decades because the consequences of past generations' activities are going to hit heavy. It's already happening. And they need to maintain their grip on the levers of power. You know, like that's that's the most important thing. If you are a dictator, you keep your people on several steady diets. You make sure they're fed. You make sure that they are fed food to keep them alive and working and loyal, right? Make sure they know they owe that food to you. And you make sure you feed them a diet of information that is curated, right? So you have to be able to maintain a certain level of stability. What do you do when uh, there are massive waves of climate refugees, right? Leaving your place or coming into your border. What do you, what do you do when the arable land stops, starts disappearing? What do you do when you just can't find fish in the ocean? It's happening. It's happening. They're aware of it. And I believe that's part of the reason why we're seeing these lockdowns, coupled with the massive flow of information, right, that just didn't exist ever before. I mean, I guess a version of it existed when there were, when, when there were like maybe 12,000 humans and they were all roughly in the same place and they could like kind of communicate with, you know, maybe that's like the first Twitter. I don't know. But now there are 8 billion, a number which will decline, by the way. Uh, let, let's talk about some, who are our top, who, who are our top journalist haters? According to the numbers, it's China, right? Yeah. God, we're not going to get past customs, man. <laughs> I don't know if we get to do a tour in China. Well, we're not journalists, so we're just yeah, guys we're, talking on mics. Right. And hopefully that's not a crime. I think it depends on what you say. So, yeah, uh, for the third year in the row, as of 2021, China has been the worst jailer of journalists. And that's, uh, I think, last year, 50 were locked up. Again, for doing their jobs. But uh, Mexico is probably the most dangerous place for journalists. I remember we read a story about that not long ago, that in certain cities, being a journalist was one of the most dangerous uh, occupations you could have. Yeah, especially in places where the cartels are increasingly supplanting the state, right? They're not going to lock you up. They're just going to kill you. And perhaps in a, in a slow way to set an example, right? Uh, so China is locking them up. And I have a theory about this. I want to see what you guys think. So three years in a row, I, I believe it, it's probably an accelerated trend due to COVID and the, and the centralized power structure clamping down on coverage of COVID, you know, when whole cities were being shut down, when people were starving in their apartment buildings because they were physically not allowed outside. Journalists reporting on that further foment 
domestic dissent. And they also spread the news, right? If someone's trying to control the news and you don't want people in nearby city B to know that city A just got locked down, right? And to reasonably expect that they'll be next on the list, then you want to get rid of the people who could tell city B. Yeah. Or you don't want people to know the economic bottom is falling out, right? When, when it comes oh, yeah. to like yeah. the let's build infrastructure everywhere as much as we can whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else is on the list. Who else? Well, Myanmar actually jumped to the second uh, spot in the list after a media crackdown there that um, followed its February 1st military coup. Um, then you have Egypt, Vietnam, and Belarus, which came up uh, in uh, earlier in the episode, um, respectively, rounding out the top five positions. And, you know, depending on what happens in the next, I don't know, months, years, Russia might be up there. Uh, as somebody else, like in opposition force to Russia, and one of these Western countries might be up there. Who knows? Because when that kind of conflict, control of information becomes highly, highly crucial. Yeah, yeah. You know who probably won't get on that list? Saudi Arabia, because <laughs> the king, the kingdom is already established. It's not about locking the journalists up. Why not just kill them? Set an example, and especially uh, that trend will likely accelerate because nobody did anything. There were no real consequences to the kingdom. Well, the kingdom is arguing that they did nothing wrong, right? I just saw a piece on that. Just saw Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, which I, oh gosh, I don't know which direction we should go with that future episode. But I'm thinking, you know, what we're doing here is we're touching on a lot of things that are episodes of their own in the future. Uh, we want to, let's let's take a pause for a word from our sponsor, and we're going to return and talk about one of the most complicated cases of recent political prisoners. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. 
and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, it's a tough job to be president, right? It's a tough job to be prime minister. Uh, you have heard us go on record before saying we don't want those jobs. Uh, most reasonable people, in fact, do not, I would imagine. Uh, but imagine being a prisoner one year, a prime minister or president the next, and then after a few more years, going back in prison. This is the story of Aung San Suu Kyi, the uh, Burmese politician, diplomat, winner of the 1991 Nobel Peace Prize, who, depending on the year, is either leading the government of Myanmar or imprisoned by the government of Myanmar. Yeah, Suu Kyi spent uh, nearly 15 years in prison or in detention between 1989 and 2010. Um, All this due to her personal struggle to bring democracy to the then military-ruled Myanmar, uh, which is also known as Burma. Um, And she really became kind of a Nelson Mandela figure uh, in terms of an international symbol of peaceful resistance in the face of oppressive regimes. Yeah, and you can just... You can just search the name on your browser of choice and you will see how far back this roller coaster goes. Uh, She has been, like, this person was born in 1945, back when Myanmar was still called Burma. And she came uh, to her position based partially on her lineage. Uh, She's the youngest daughter of Aung San, who is uh, considered the father of modern-day Myanmar. And she has been involved on the national stage in a big way since the 1980s. She was in the, um, what's called the 88 uprising because it was August 8th, 1988. Uh, then she became a general secretary, her, of a party called the NLD and things were looking pretty good for them for a while. That party in the elections in 1990 won the majority of seats in parliament. 81%. So picture in the U.S., picture the idea of um, 80% of Congress being Democratic or Republican. It's it's an incredible majority, right? And it seems to reflect the will of the voters. 
until the military came in and said, shut this party down. You know what I mean? Stop, stop everything. And they did. Uh, they put her on house arrest. And then from, and then for like over a period of 1989 to 2010, in that time period, she was locked up in her own house for 15 years on and off. Uh, and this made her one of the world's most prominent political prisoners. People have tried to kill her multiple times. She gets out of prison. She ascends to power. The military comes back in, locks her up. Uh, the most recent news, she was arrested on February of last year, most recently, along with other members of the NLD party. Oh, that's National League for Democracy. Sorry. And uh, the military just keeps calling the elections ginned up and fraudulent when they don't win. Hmm. Sounds familiar. It could happen here. <laughs> and this is, this is something that, you, you know, you probably heard the name a lot in the West, but I think this story is full of deep strangeness. The story of Myanmar itself. I mean, there are a lot of reports and criticisms, especially regarding her stance on the uh, genocide of the Rohingya, right, or the massacre thereof, uh, that seem to indicate she might not be entirely the hero Western media portrays her as. We're not saying she's a villain. We're saying there's more to the story, almost always with these kind of figures. It reminded me a little bit of Mother Teresa, uh, who for decades and decades, right, Mm. was was regarded as um, an almost supernatural force of benevolence until the real story started to come out. Yeah. And, and again, this is not at all saying that uh, Aung San Suu Kyi is a, a bad faith actor or anything like that. It's just I think we need to do an entire episode on this political prisoner in particular. What do you guys think? Uh, for sure. You know, I want to do a whole episode on hmm. is uh, he used to be called H. Rat Brown. Oh, I'm going to have to wrap my brain to figure out uh, Jamal Abdullah uh, Al Amin. Jamal Al Amin. Uh, uh huh. Really fascinating case. And it's based here in Atlanta. I think we should do an episode on that because he's been in prison for a while, but it seems like maybe. Uh, he didn't do what he's accused of, and it's kind of a known thing, but he's still in prison. I'm just looking at it now. Uh, pretty recent. Well, I guess not pretty recently. Uh, so he is he's been convicted of shooting two deputies in the year 2000. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we want to learn more about this. And. Here's another tricky curveball. We wanted to make this episode a little bit shorter because we're saving a lot for future shows. Folks, this kind of stuff gets tricky very quickly because, believe it or not, even now, in 2022, there is no single internationally recognized legal definition of a political prisoner, which means you can just take someone prisoner as a result of them doing something you don't like and you can say, this isn't a rival politician. This is not an activist. This is a spy, says Belarus. This is a traitor, says Russia. This is a terrorist, says China. Do people still say dissident? There's that sort of uh, 
too buzzy. People still say dissident, but usually people who say dissident are supporters of the dissidents. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you if you say it on the official side, that's almost giving it some legitimacy in a way. It's better to call it something else, kind of. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like how like how you can always tell when the West doesn't like a country or a government because they don't call it a government; they call it a regime. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> exactly. And the U.S. is a big fan of doing that whenever somebody goes too far left in Latin America, mm. right? Sort of the cult versus religion argument. Yes. This reminds me of that documentary, The Taxi Driver. Do you guys remember that one? I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, it was it was uh, the prisoners that were being held in Guantanamo Bay, and how there was this uh, concerted effort to pay pay people in Afghanistan to like snitch on other people, so mm-hmm. they would get picked up and taken over there or to Abu Ghraib or somewhere somewhere else like that, and. There's this, it's a story about this taxi driver. There's literally just a taxi driver who got accused by these people who wanted to make a buck from uncle Sam. And they just, they're like, yeah, this guy's a, this is a bad guy. So he became a essentially political prisoner or a prisoner of war. Yeah. And, and that's, there's a lot of human error too with those things because they were incentivizing people to maybe falsely accuse folks. And then also people were getting uh, detained and disappeared because their names were similar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if someone found, you know, like maybe they're looking for someone called uh, Brol Noun and Fat Medrick, and my name won't work for this. I just realized that. But, you know, they, they arrest someone who just has uh, the letters transposed, right? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're finally arresting actor Tom Arnold, but unfortunately we got some guy named Tim. It's too late now. Off to Guantanamo. Or just some other guy literally named Tom Arnold. Or to, yeah, no, wait, so that's a way better those, example. You know what I mean? There like, are a lot. There are a lot. There's so many Matt Fredericks. If one of us does something wrong, we all got to look out. <laughs> See, that's why I tell other people named Ben. You know what I mean? We, we, we got to move as a unit. But Honestly, this is an incredibly dangerous trend because it is dangerously convenient for people in power. It helps you avoid accountability. You can make examples of opposition. You can further consolidate your position, especially, again, for the chaos that is on the way in your lifetime, folks. And maybe the most important part of this episode, our ending thought before we return to future shows on this subject, is simply this. And please listen closely, Western conspiracy realist. In the words of our pal Robert Evans, it could happen here. And on that ominous note, uh, we're going to call it today. It's a Friday. Uh, As we're recording this, we hope uh, your day and your holiday season is going well as we round out the end of 2002. Uh, We're off to some adventures of our own. You guys got anything going on Thanksgiving-wise? Just hanging with the Mm -hmm. fam, man. Fam hangs. Oh, fam hangs. Uh, Hopefully, it's enjoyable for everybody. Uh, 
And we can't wait to hear your thoughts on political prisoners, on some of the cases we mentioned, on other cases you think your fellow listeners should know. So please read us on to those projects. Uh, We want to be easy to find online. Correct. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. We also have a phone number. It is 1-833-STDWYTK. When you call in, you've got three minutes. Give yourself a cool nickname and let us know if we can use your voice and name on the air. If you don't like using a phone to talk to people with your mouth, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.